sand through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to the longest days of our lives, a 24 fan cast. It is day two, hour 17, and I am one of your hosts, Jack Bauer superfan Mike Cushing. And I'm another one of your hosts, 24 newbie Curtis Perry. And I'm your third and final host, Michael Howard. Gentlemen, welcome to a brand new day. It is. In the same day. Mm-hmm. Yep. What hour is it? The midnight. Witching hour. It's midnight. Uh, it, is the, it is the hour that we started day one on. Indeed. It's Funky Jack and his friends in the midnight hour. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the show? <laughs> just, just Funky Jack and, the, and his friends in the midnight hour? <laughs> I actually would have watched that. That's like a, that's a very different show, though. But I'm it's into a, it. It's a variety show for sure, but <laughs> I, don't know who, I don't know who Keith's <laughs> co-host is, but shit, I'd watch it. He could perform. It'd be great. I'd like to see a George Mason sort of character show up, kind of like uh shit, Tim like a Tim Conway character just being like the one dude just like doing absurd, absurd shit, making everyone else break their character. I think I think Xander Berkeley could pull that off. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely the comedic genius of twenty four. Of course. The, he's the only one allowed to make jokes. Well, true. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I don't know about you. I watched this episode maybe 30 minutes ago, and I pretty much forgot all of it. I watched it, like, several days ago, because I've been in Ireland for a while. Uh, oh. Um, so, you know, just a country drop, you know, no big deal. But uh, mm-hmm. I also, I remember it, but for the most part, I did not remember that Tony got his ankles broke, though, in the previously. <laughs> That's like, as literally- soon as he fell, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's literally all I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> all I remember was Jack punched Tony so hard in the face he broke his ankle. And yeah. not just, actually, he didn't break an ankle. He tore a ligament in his leg, we find out later. Yes. It was a very severe punishment. It would have been fantastic if, if Michelle would have looked up at him and said, your ankle's broke. Guess you're out of the game, son. <laughs> like, Jack, just sure, you can. You got to sit down So down. hard. <laughs> Well, um, Tony does his best to take himself out of the game with Michelle uh, the rest of this episode. So Yeah, he does. I mean, he does good work. It, it just kind of reminds me of... So, y'all watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I believe, at least mm-hmm. some of you. Nine-Nine. Um, yeah, so in in this last episode, not to do a spoiler, uh, Amy Santiago jumps off the third floor of a building uh, to catch a perp. Misses fantastically, tears some sort of. Or she dislocates her knee, and then at the end of the episode, subdues the suspect with her crutches, just while she was waiting outside. And mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Tony, Tony sits behind a desk, being a little <laughs> turd the whole episode, the whole rest of the season, <laughs> if if my brain recalls correctly. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, so I would episode. say that I would say that I, if I had to choose between jumping off of a third floor balcony. Or and letting Kiefer Sutherland punch right, me in the jaw. Or fighting <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Um, oh, man, I'm probably going to jump off the building. If, but the thing is, I still can't really wrap my head around. You let Kiefer Sutherland punch you so hard in the head, you tear something in your leg. Well, like, you just you just go limp, but you're, the momentum of your face going around in a circle just, you know. I've heard about full body experiences before, <laughs> but that's mostly reserved for like the Colorado kind. 
<laughs> not getting jacked up in the jaw by Jack. Ooh. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> jaw anyway, up in the Jack. So last episode, uh, we had a, a couple things happen. Uh, so CTU discovered a recording uh, between three Middle Eastern prime ministers and sadly uh, kind of talking about the bomb, the sorry, talking about the plot to explode a nuclear bomb in LA, and uh, that was recorded in Cyprus. That was delivered as evidence to David Palmer to pretty much start a war. Um, Syed Ali, the terrorist financier who kind of led this plot, was assassinated directly in front of Jack while Jack was trying to uh, collect information. And once Syed Ali was uh, murdered, he got a call from. Someone we assume is in the Coral Snake Brigade, saying that he has evidence that he planted the Cypress recording uh, inside Ellie's apartment, and that basically this entire war that David Palmer is about to embark on is fabricated. And also, uh, Kim Bauer found herself uh. somehow in the path of danger once again as she just found a liquor store in the middle of the woods, and then that liquor store got robbed. Is this, and a, is this kidnapping four? Are we in the four? middle of this episode, she does get Kim Kim hostage. She gets <laughs> yeah, it's different than Kim. Well, Nash, it's still right? it's still like false imprisonment. You yeah, know, it's same category. She's, she's definitely being held against her will. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get, yeah, there's a chance she might get Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> there you go. Would, Ka- would again? Would Stockholm syndrome be that? She, I think it at this point, yes, true. She makes the <laughs> captors fall in love with her. They make them do dumb stuff just by the nature of being a hostage. That is true. Because that is what happens. Uh, before we get into the midnight hour, would you guys <laughs> like a fun fact about Jack Bauer? Uh, yes. That Always. I dug up That I dug up while doing research on his character based on a lot of dumb shit that comes up later in this episode about the military. Mm-hmm. Would you guys care to guess what Jack Bauer's undergraduate degree was? He received it from UCLA, if that helps. Oh, man. So, Jack the, Bauer, UCLA, uh, communications? He received his, I'm oh, going to oh, say oh, his oh. master's degree was in criminology and law from UC Berkeley. So, that, that, that was his, what he graduated to. So, what was his undergrad degree? Curtis. Russian masterpieces? <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty close. I was going to say art history. Art history? Yeah. Pretty close, guys. English lit. English lit. English, oh, yeah. boy. That's about right. Mm-hmm. So huh. him and our Although, good friend Brooke are the same person <laughs> coming out of college. I mean, we that did explains everything. We have talked about how he does a really good job of his interrogations of like kind of like changing his personality, changing who he is, you know, to kind of suit who he's going up against. You think he's just channeling books? Yeah, he's a well-read man. You know, he kind of he he feels the emotion through all of the books. And he channels like, it into his work. Now I'm Victor Frankenstein. Now I'm Mr. Darcy. Now I'm Jay Gatsby. You know, just partying. So we we open up in the minute <laughs> hour. Uh, Jack Bauer and Kate Warner are making their escape from uh, CTU because Jack has pretty much absconded with her as a because uh, we forgot to mention this in our recap. Uh, the Coral Snake uh, Warrior. Uh, requested that he will give up his information in exchange for Kate Warner. So they exit out of the CTU office after Jack just p- 
punched Tony right in the jaw and into the kind of bombed out ruins of the CTU parking garage. And um, the parking Jack- garage, which yes. they could have used instead of putting the most wanted terrorists in America, you know, out in the open. In an outdoor mm-hmm. open space. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, Michael, when you say it like that, <laughs> I don't really have a good answer for you. <laughs> huh. It's like you forget about these things. Weird. Until, whoops. Um, but so uh, a a CTU officer who was loyal to Jack gave him keys at the end of the last episode. So they run over to a uh, an SUV and Kate stops in the middle of the garage and says, I need to know where we're going. And Jack pulls an Aladdin and just says, do you trust me? I can show you the coral snake. Do you trust me? <laughs> um, and she does? For some reason, she says yes. Yeah. So I have a, can we go back real quick to the CTU agent who gave Jack the keys? Yeah. This comes up in a second also. Well, this happens a lot. Where Jack, there's some loyalists to Jack within CTU, right? Who help him out, even though they're like lowly underlings. And is Jack taking care of these people? Or are they that's, just like that? Are they like that into it? That's a great point, because if you remember from season one, literally everyone in CTU with any kind of rake hates Jack Bauer because... He went after dirty cops. Mm-hmm. Like, he went after dirty federal agents. And, like, it seems like the guards who are just like the low level dudes are just like, Jack, yeah. my man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, Tony is technically in charge. Jack has no power or authority there at all. So, like, as soon as they find out that that guy gave the keys, like, he's fired and probably in jail. Like, Jack can't save him. He's going to give him a nod. <laughs> I mean, later Jack literally gives the gate guard a nod, and like he get, he gives him like the the hand over the steering wheel wave, and the guard just like, "Sup?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, he acknowledged me. See, I I think Jack has like a lot of cachet with like the rank and file, because he just he's a murderer. I was gonna say, is he uh, is he a Morton Jack? <laughs> he's a Morton Jack. Yeah, <laughs> like I think. I think everyone in like who actually has to deal with like paperwork fucking hates him. But in the dudes who are just like want to become CTU agents, that is true. he's probably a fucking hero. That's true, because he would be like the idol of somebody who wasn't quite sure what counterterrorism meant and thought that it was just spy shit all the time. I mean, if you were a gate guard and heard the stories of what Jack did in like the first season of this show, you you would have the biggest power boner of all. There's like, I want to do that. Yeah. That sounds great. Because yeah. you don't have to do any of the paperwork that he <laughs> just, incurs. You might have your wife murdered, but. <clears throat> but. Yeah. But you get to cut off a guy's head with a hacksaw later and he on. Did, so. He did that like this morning to yeah. these guys. <laughs> like last True. season. He's, Fuck, I forgot that. Yeah, he did that this morning. <laughs> like he also three hours ago. <laughs> willingly flew a nuke out to the desert. Right. Like the guy Fuck. in the so this is midnight. So the guy in the parking garage at midnight probably wasn't even on shift when Jack cut a man's <laughs> head off. He got that story second hand from someone. Just like, holy shit, Bauer did what? Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nope. No, no, it makes sense. I would that actually the might keys be too. secondhand. It's been it's been 16 hours since that happened. This is two shifts. <laughs> this is two shifts later. <laughs> so it's like a game of telephone at this point. He cut everyone's head off. There wasn't a bomb in CTU. Jack just went through and cut everyone's head off. Watch that show. Um, so Kate, for some reason, trusts Jack and says, "Okay, I'll get, I'll go with you." And Jack says, "I'll explain in the car." Uh, so we cut back into CTU and we you know see why. Carrie. What? Because after midnight, you got to let it all hang out. I refuse to date that with a response. <laughs> but I love you for it. Um, so we see Carrie Turner walk into a hallway from the main office CTU, and she sees Tony Almeida just on the ground with a sprained ankle, maybe. And he calls out for her and says, notify security to stop Jack. And we see Jack and uh, Kate Warner in the SUV about to leave uh, the the garage. And Jack just does the over the hand like finger wave at the guard and the way the guard just like does a fan wave at him and opens the gate and as the gate opens slowly uh we see the guard get a call and jack also sees this and decides to gun it through the gate and uh he loses a a side mirror in the process but he is away and uh once they're on the road he apologizes to kate for frightening her and says let me explain what's going on and then as a way of explaining it, he just tells her the entire geopolitical situation <laughs> that Kate's stupid terrorist sister has now put everyone into and says, we're about to be in a world war. Mm-hmm. And Kate says, well, what does that have to do with me? Uh, yeah. And he's like, Thanks, hey, I'm about to get you into this shit real quick. So uh, maybe you'll die. I don't know. Yeah. He says 10 minutes ago, a man called me and said he has proof that the president's evidence that he's going to war with is bogus, but he won't give it to me until he has you. <laughs> so I'm bringing you to him. Yeah. Yep. Here you go. I'll turn you over. And she's like, I wonder who it is. <laughs> and Jack's just like, I don't know, but I can't do anything until, until you say you'll do it. It's a big old risk, but if we can deliver proof, we can stop a war. And I'll do what I can to protect you, but you have to decide now. You have to decide if you want to accept this risk. And nope. no, 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 like this is this is Kate's like fourth opportunity to nope out of this season, Curtis. And I want her to take it, even though I want Jack to win. I, well, yeah, but she's real bad at noping. <laughs> yeah, but I get it. I get it when you don't want to nope if there might be like a nuclear bomb that destroys an entire city. But like those motherfuckers are going to find a way to go to war anyways. If, right. If they want to bad enough, they're going to find a way to go to war. Like, yeah, I don't want to die. So, like, don't bring me to the terrorist guy or possible terrorist guy. You know, maybe I'd rather not. Yeah. She, she's seen at this point three terrorists close up in person. Mm-hmm. She's seen Zaidali, Moshi, whatever the dude who's cutting her head up was. And her sister Kate, like they've been <laughs> in person. I think that's I'm enough. good. Yeah, that's I enough. think I'm good on my yeah. daily terrorist count. I like I got my steps in for today, Fitbit. Thank you. I'm fine. Um. So she asks if Jack thinks they can really pull this off, and he says, "Well, it's very, very, very dangerous, but I'm running out of time. Please take a drink." And uh, Kate closes her eyes and holds back some tears, and we cut to see to you, and. 
we see Carrie returning to Tony with a an, a medic named Agent Zoltan, which is no <laughs> way. Are you fucking kidding super, me? Super super duper. Yes, Zoltan. Zoltan. <laughs> Curtis, isn't, I might have killed him. Curtis is isn't dying. That, isn't that the machine that uh, Tom Hanks got big at? I believe that it was the Zlatan. No, that was yeah. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> that was Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> I think it was actually Zoltar, maybe? Zoltar, yeah. yeah. Not Zoltan. Not Zoltan. <laughs> not Zoltan. Yeah, um, but For yeah, listeners out there, since this is not a visual medium, um, we are Curtis all doing and, the Z-hand. Yeah, Curtis <laughs> and Kush are doing the Z-hand, and I don't get it. Have you never seen Dude, Where's My Car? I have, but I don't remember that part. How do you not remember <laughs> a third of the fucking movie, <laughs> my dude? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know. I Zoltan was the creepy guy who ran the cult, who had the spacesuits and shit. I've, probably other things have taken its place. I'm old. I can't just keep putting new stuff in. I have to push old stuff out. And dude, where's my car? Was that thing that just got pushed out? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's weird because literally my brain, the way it works, is that I push out all my day to day information <laughs> and like how I live my life. Those <laughs> memories last approximately. I forgot. And movie quotes and cartoon quotes? Oh shit, that that's that lives on forever. <laughs> well, we've talked about this before, how people can be like, hey, what's your ten favorite comedies from two thousand to two thousand ten? And people could just name that shit. And I'm like, I don't know, was Step Brothers and Anchorman in that time? I can't name ten. I can't even oh, name ten, let alone. The dumb 10 thing favorites. is I can't name the movies. I can name particular quotes from two thousand two <laughs> comedies, no problem. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so Agent Zoltan examines Tony's ankle and says, <laughs> well, we're going to need an x-ray, but it's probably either a sprain or a torn ligament. Mm. Yikes. And so she leaves and Carrie tells Tony that Jack got away, but LAPD and FBI are looking for him. And uh, once Zoltan leaves, <laughs> so love saying Zoltan, um, <laughs> Carrie says, hey, Tony, um, I'm pretty sure Michelle Dessler Mm-mm. was involved in distracting Agent Baker, giving Jack the opportunity to grab Kate Warner and get away. And Tony, like, tries to defend her for a second, but he knows. Michelle's trying to get all up in that, though, right? Trying to start some shit. Michelle ain't trying to get up. Tony's trying to get up in that shit. Michelle's, Michelle's not. Michelle's happy to do it, but. Or sorry, Carrie. Carrie's trying oh. to get up with Tony. Tony's sh- Oh no! Yeah, she is because because we we heard that cel- that telephone conversation before. It sounds like Michelle and Carrie have a, a love triangle thing going with that dude. Well, her no, old I'm dude, gonna, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna no. That's we'll get to that in a second. But no, I think <laughs> I think Michelle or I think Carrie's just trying to jam Michelle up at every turn. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But if she has to sleep with Tony to do that. Michael, I'm just spoiler alert. The dude on the phone later is Michelle's brother. Uh, gross. I forgot it's about that. Why did you do- really, co- dude? <laughs> what are you doing? Okay, I'll she cut that fucked out. Her brother, gross. <laughs> Come in. Well, one, I didn't know that. I haven't watched the show, asshole. And two, <laughs> <laughs> you should have just uh, talk about incest for a while, Kush. I don't want to. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what happens when you remember things. It's killing me. Well, yeah, I didn't remember it, so it wasn't gross to me yet. 
It's one of the problems with taking notes. Like I, I now resort to like the 24 wiki. I'm like, oh yeah, they tell you sh- who shit is before. I'm like, well, I wish I didn't know that. But anyway, Tony knows <laughs> about Carrie <laughs> and Michelle. But we get a tiny clock. It's 12.05. And outside Air Force One, we see David Palmer in a limousine talking to Mike Novick and Lynn Kresge. And um, Lynn tells David that the vice president in Washington is waiting for David's call, after which the VP will talk to the British ambassador about their plans to invade the Middle East. (laughs) Just the entire Middle East. (laughs) I love the the idea that they don't talk about a specific country. They're just like, we're going to go invade those countries. They could have said Persia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mesopotamia. I don't know. We're going to go for it. And, I've been over there. And Mike tells David that, that uh, the VP named Jim Prescott is going to want to inform the ambassador about the troop movements and like plans to bomb the Middle East. And um, he makes it pretty clear that the vice president is a war hawk. And the, he also wants everyone to know that the USA is about to kick all sorts of ass, mm-hmm. which David doesn't seem too keen on. So <clears throat> they get in the limo and David calls the vice president and, uh, hey, it's Alan Dale, who I only remember, even though he's done a ton of other things, as the grandpa from the OC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I remember him from. I just remember him as being that dude. He's in a billion things. He's like the mean, older yeah, dude. But- and everything. But get, you know what? This pissed me off. Has he ever been he on Law and like, Order, Curtis? Of course he has. <laughs> I think I think two of them. But here's the thing. It is come on, man. <laughs> Son of a bitch. If you'd have shown me at the beginning of the season that the vice president was fucking Charles Widmore from Lost, I would have been like that's Charles the dude. Widmore, that's, that's who the is. bad guy. Yes. <laughs> that's why he looks creepy. <laughs> He's obviously the whole reason for this thing. He's the head of the cabal. Thanks, bro. Well, Curtis, you, That's why you they jumped, didn't tell you, motherfucker. You've jumped the gun on my question that was going to come up in about 30 <laughs> seconds. But yeah, we're going to run through this conversation. And then I'm going to ask you a question, which you've already answered. Uh, but one second. Um, so uh, basically, the vice president wants to tell everyone about who we're about to bomb. And David says... Well, once our allies know, it's going to be harder to draw down the war effort. And uh, basically, David on the phone asks how the Brits have responded to the bombing. And uh, the vice president, Jim Prescott, says, well, they've placed their military on a higher alert. And I want to know if I can tell them about the stealth bombers that are apparently already in the air. (laughs) And David says, well, that's premature. And he tells Jim about CTU apparently trying to gather... Proof that the re- the Cyprus recording of Saitali and the three Middle Eastern leaders is false. And Prescott is kind of like disturbed by this and says, you know what? It's simply too late for second thoughts because the bombs are about to go off in four hours, which to this man means that they have about four hours worth of second thoughts to have. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, because you've already you've already told them they could go, you know? Yeah. You're like, hey, go bomb stuff, and if you take it away now, I mean, that's just mean. I mean, the toys are already out of the play box. Exactly. They're, 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 they're in the air. Yeah. The toys are... If you're a stealth pilot, you don't get to do shit until... I... I re, me? We're going. Is this happening? Yes, 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 I get to do it, finally. <laughs> um, um, 
So you know how we always talk about 24 kind of setting the stage for a lot of these future, like, uh, either military or cop or terrorism shows? You know, they kind of, like, set the groundwork for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I forgot that they set the groundwork for Mike Pence. Like, that's... He's just Mike Pence, right? Who with without the the mother thing? Yeah, I think there's less Jesus involved. Uh, in this, no, I would say one. he's more of a Karl Rove kind of guy <laughs> at this point. Like, oh god, Pence is Pence is like that obsequiousness and just like religiosity to him. This guy doesn't yet have, does not have yet. But like Pence is just like that fawning sort of like dipshit in public that's just like. Oh, the president's so smart and handsome and lovely and super smart. Love that dude. And then in the background, he's just doing like, yeah, I'm going to do everything I want to do and he'll never know. So he's like, uh, they basically took James Prescott and a- added uh, rural Indiana. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah. Mm. A dash of rural Indiana. <laughs> great, great Mike Pence. Um, little, little fact for y'all. Mike Pence at one point was a Democrat. How? Oh. Though? Yeah. Was that pre he found jeebus was that pre-conservative radio days or pre pre yeah uh. yeah pre 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 jeebus i mean to be fair there were a lot of shitty democrats there still are like a lot like a lot yeah just like a ton of them <laughs> like all of them <laughs> i think I, while i was while i was drunk while i was drunk this past weekend we were talking i was talking to rachel about something related to politics and i was like you know what the ar- anarchists have a point <laughs> Because I was like, every every government sucks. Doesn't matter. Every form of government sucks. Everyone in power sucks, and everyone you put in power becomes a piece of shit. I mean, yeah, they have a point. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I'm not gonna take it away from them. <laughs> yeah, you can have a point, dude. I mean, the purge has a point. <laughs> we shouldn't do it. <laughs> Speaking of the purge, um, <laughs> David tells uh, Jim that we're not going to start a war on false or incomplete information. Say nothing to the ambassador. And Prescott is kind of just like, okay. And Curtis, just to jump to the question, right now on a scale of one to ten, how involved in this conspiracy do you think the vice president is? On a scale of one to ten? Yeah. And honcho. <laughs> It can go to 11 if you choose. <laughs> it's Texas. <laughs> 11 billion. So, yeah, I, I can't. We're going to get more of this. He's like the second in, most famous guy on the show. <laughs> he's probably nothing. Just a probably. Bit, bit character. It's like if Rip Torn showed up, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's the bad guy. Yeah, duh. I told y'all about the law and order rule, son. It yeah. works all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and now we got the OC rule to, to contend with because, again, that's all I got. Um, so they hang up and Mike Novick is just like, Mr. President, I know that you tr- trust Jack Bauer implicitly, but to equivocate our response in a matter of this importance because of one man's reservations makes me very uncomfortable. And Lynn just kind of nods and she's like, I agree. And David just like, noted and then looks outside the window and mike does not like that response he's very clearly upset about it well yeah because he knows that david's basically making himself look weak like regardless of whether it's the right action or the wrong action he like mike's only job is to 
look out for the politics of the situation, really. Like, he's protecting the president at all costs. And so, like, he's seeing him right now, and he's like, like, regardless of whether you're making the right or wrong decision, people are looking at you like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm going to... This is going to come up a little bit more later. I don't get Mike in this show, in this episode specifically. Like, the way he reacts to certain things is... It's so inconsistent throughout this this season. It's bananas. Curtis, I'll let you. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He, I mean, he went he went pretty hard to the point where you're just like, Mike, I, are you are you mad that maybe Jack is being seen as a closer closer advisor to the president than you are? I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't think Mike's a part of the plot, but I, yeah, <laughs> that's the weird thing. Mike seems like ego free almost, like in terms of his job, but like. The way he he's like a weather vane, he just kind of blows wherever like the wind is taking. He's just like I don't know, he doesn't seem to have any like real compass in terms of his character. But we cut to the liquor store where Kim is hemmed up with a soon-to-be murderer <laughs> and a dying man. And um, outside, we hear a deputy uh, kind of shouting to Ramon Garcia in the store, and Kim is holding a towel to uh, the liquor store owner's tum tum. Uh, who is laying on the ground with a gunshot wound, and she's trying to convince uh, Garcia to give up and get and let uh, Frank Davies, the owner, get medical attention. And Garcia's just crying a whole bunch and says, "I don't know. I didn't want this to happen. Why? Why'd you? Why'd you do this, Kim? This whole this whole situation is just weird because Kim's almost like the voice of reason for once. Yeah, and she's like doing all of the right stuff. Yeah." And only because she was the catalyst for everything. If she wouldn't have tried to get in the stamp store at the beginning with Homeboy would have been closed, we could call this a day. I mean, she just had to go <laughs> pee-pee and make a phone call. That's not her <laughs> fault. You know, that happens. I mean, and she is the one who gave the dude the gun. Which comes up later. Yeah. He blames her <laughs> for that, which is some bad logic on this dude's part. But anyway, uh, so... As the police are yelling at Ramon and Kim is yelling at Ramon, um, Davies, the liquor store owner, reaches up and dies pretty bad. <laughs> he and spills all of the beans. He spills. He actually he literally up and spilled all of the beans on the shelf. <laughs> he knocks a lot of beans. He off knocks the all of the beans over. And uh, Ramon <laughs> just kind of sits down and starts begging, like, "Don't let him die! Don't let him die!" And Kim starts doing chest compressions. Which is just going to make his blood pump out <laughs> harder from the hole in his tummy. Please get all this blood out of you. <laughs> get the blood out more and harder and faster. Thank you. And we get a tiny clock. It's 12.09 and we are way behind schedule. And uh, we cut to the road. Uh, Kate is asking Jack why CTU is working against him. And Jack just says, well, you know, Tony's just following protocol because he believes that the Cypress recording is, is, a, uh, is not a hoax. And uh, Jack looks back into the rearview mirror and he notices a car following them at close distance. And as he's checking his mirrors, guys, how much did you think, because Kate Warner notices Jack suddenly on edge, how much did you think Kate Warner was going to just turn around and stare out the back window at the car following them? Because I thought it was going to happen immediately and somehow she restrained herself. It, it, It did. I can't believe it didn't happen. Um, it should have been the perfect Kate response, but she, she didn't go full Kim, you know? So, yeah. Well, so she Jack didn't roll down the window and stick her head out. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, so Jack sees this and suddenly pulls off into a side street and then pulls into an alley. And then, um, 
we there's some tricky camera work and we see uh the car that was following them follow them onto the street and then into the alley and then what happens it's it's uh mr iuda yeah jack um sorry go ahead curse yeah yeah so so jack suddenly jumps out in front of the car and stops it and um a precision driver who replaced kim warner or sorry kate warner apparently Hit two quick Louis to get and pin him in perfectly. <laughs> she boxes him into the alleyway. Jack has a gun on him. And Michael, to your point, it is uh, Yusuf Ayuda, the um, not Afghanistani um, uh, secret agent. And Jack asks, why were you following us? And Yusuf pretty much just says, well, I saw you pimp slap Tony Almeida, which means you don't agree with, CT- with CTU. And I don't want your country to invade mine. So I think we're on the same team. And Jack just says, my agenda is not to help your country. It's to make sure the president makes his decision based on fact. And Yusef just says, listen, my country's not responsible for this bomb. What do we have to gain? It's absolutely nothing. This is a, this is a weird scene. It's like they wanted Jack to work with the guy from the other country and to work with the Muslim guy. and But like... They wanted to make it very clear that he wasn't, like, buddy-buddy with them. Right. I mean, that, that's, like, lethal weapon, though. You need to, you need the tension to make them work together. I guess that's true. He couldn't they just be each, like, hey, they need each other. <laughs> oh, my, my dude, Yusuf. I mean, like, they need each other to, to exist. Like, Yusuf needs someone to help prove that his country's not doing the damn thing. And Jack is without... Re- like, Yusuf even says it in this scene. He's like... Well, you've cut yourself off entirely from CTU, so it looks like you need a friend. I yeah. can do that. <laughs> I could be your friend. <laughs> I mean, and, I guess Tony. I mean, I guess Jack has to have some res- respect for him. You know, he's just trying to help his country out. I'm trying to help my country out. And I mean, if it, also sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, Jack had a false statement here. So when he says, "I'm not, I'm not interested in helping your country." Well, you know what helped my country, bro? Not going to war. Not getting blown <laughs> up because of... I mean, so, yeah, if you if you do what you're doing, you'll help my country. <laughs> Don't be a dick about it. Yeah, that's... It's weird. Like, Jack's, Jack's whole thing here is that he doesn't want the president to make a decision based on faulty information, which this is going to come up again later with, like, Mike Novick. Like, Mike should also want that. Everyone around the president should want that. Jack, again, is the only person who seems to. And Yusuf Ayuda is like the one person who's just like, I know this isn't true because my country didn't do it. I'm privy to that information, regardless of the, the you know, the intel, whatever he should know. So he just wants help doing that. And like they're I think they're suited to help each other. But their their goals are at odds, I think. Yeah, because I mean, it would be awful if we invaded a country in the Middle East with on, based on faulty or misleading information. Yeah. You imagine how, how long that would take to come out and like how much money we would waste on a war in the Middle East. How prophetic was this show? Right. <laughs> Although there's no TSA in season three, so <laughs> not soups prophetic. Um, so we come back to you. We see Tony Almeida on crutches who <laughs> he walks past Michelle who uh, asked what happened. He's like, well, I tore a ligament. No biggie. So again, Jack punched him so hard, he tore a ligament in his leg. Jack broke my are, body. Are we sure he didn't front hand, backhand him? That's creating whiplash effect necessary to completely tear his ligament in his ankle. 
I was wondering which would break first, <laughs> your spirit or your body. You can't you can't break Tony's spirit though. No, he's an he's an indomitable will. Because mm-hmm. he's a Cubs fan. Yeah, that's true. And this is he's back got, in, this is back in the in the when sad it, when days. it mattered, Ooh. when it counted. <laughs> you fucks. How's your team, bro? Fine. This is actually My, like well, uh the year before uh the heartbreak against the Marlins. Yeah, you're welcome, dickheads. Uh, <laughs> I was there when Sosa broke his bat, and the entire the entire stadium just said, "Check it for cork." <laughs> that was nice. Um, so uh, Tony pulls Michelle aside and says, "Hey, um, so Carrie, I don't know. I heard this crazy rumor. Carrie said that you and Jack were conspiring together to get Kate Warner out of here. That's weird." And Michelle's like, "Are you interrogating me right now?" Uh. Did Carrie tell you that I'm in collusion with Jack? Collusion. No collusion. No collusion. No collusion. Carrie collusion. Never. Carrie, Carrie collusion. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she kind of lies about being any involvement with Jack. And Tony says, listen, this whole thing is my responsibility. You need to tell me the truth. You want to tell me one more time that you didn't help Jack out. And uh, Michelle just says, Carrie must want me out because she doesn't like me. And I know it. And they part ways, but Tony remains very suspicious of her. And we cut to commercial at 12.13. We come back, it's 12.17. And um, we're at the liquor store with uh, Kate and Garcia. Sorry, with uh, we're at the liquor store with Kim and Garcia. And uh, guys, I'll be really honest. I left, this, I left the room for this entire scene. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I had it on and I went to... Feed my dog. It was and... it was such a it's such a dumb scene. Like we can just so, we can just pass uh, over it, and then there's a tiny uh, clock. Hold, hold, hold on, fam. Okay. <laughs> here's here's one thing though. So when he when he's talking to his wife, when he first addresses his wife, he calls her Miha, and then does that mean my she daughter? Calls, she correct, yeah. and then she calls him Miho, which is my, my son. son. And I got real yeah, freaked out, y'all. <laughs> So she's, we've talked a little bit about incest on this show. So she's his daughter and he's her son. I don't know how that works. No, I can't. I can't even like that movie, The Stupids, where that dude became his own grandpa. I don't know. Um, so basically, Ramon just takes a call from the the sheriff's deputy and says that blah blah blah. I'll let Kim go once my once my sister wife is daughter safely to safely to Monterey. Uh, to protect from the possibility of nukes. And by the way, Monterey is five and a half hours from LA, so Kim's in for, in there for the long haul. So Fun. I didn't know whether he was saying so he was saying Monterey, California, and not Monterey, Mexico, right? Oh, good point. I would assume such. I would think California. Well, I thought maybe he was like, "Oh, I need to get out of the country." No, nah, oh, I would, Michael, you would mag a piece of, of shit. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You Maybe think, he's oh, it's at- illegal. It's in here. Just not let me get my wife over the border. I'm just wondering if he's like, oh, you know, Americans are so stupid. They're gonna look at any person who isn't white as a terrorist. They're gonna like we're like we're gonna look at all brown people's terrorists. I'm I'm I gotta get out of America. Uh, you think that's an uncommon view among brown people? <laughs> you no, I'm saying that that's what he's thinking, and that's why he was saying get her to Monterey, Mexico, and not Monterey, California. I mean, Monterey, California is an odd place to send your like pregnant wife, just like unassisted with no money. If well, like you're robbing, if you're like, robbing a liquor store, <laughs> I thought, I thought that he had an aunt or something there. Did I make that up? 
I'm just saying the cost of living in Monterey is pretty pretty pricey. If like <laughs> if you have to resort to robbing liquor stores, like he wasn't robbing the liquor store. I remember he was going. He to was pay. paying. He paid for yeah, it. He, he did try to pay. Good point. Great point. He just wanted and to buy Kim, stuff, and, and there's Kim literally to, nowhere in LA to buy things after midnight. <laughs> Kim had to fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get a tiny. Clock. Why was it's he freaking a, out so much outside this liquor store? There, there are there has to be a fucking store that is open past midnight. They're in like a, a, a CVS, a yeah. Walgreens. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what the situation in in California is. I'm sure there are 24, 24 hour convenience stores. I don't know. In and out probably has some stuff. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I, I hear your assholes go. raving about it. I don't know. <laughs> it's on the secret menu. Like diapers menu. and shit. I don't know, like a 24-pack of water and some diapies. <laughs> That'd be great. That's all I need, really. Um, so we get a tiny clock. It's uh, 1220. Uh, Jack kind of parks the SUV, and uh, he goes to the back and retrieves a submachine gun and several magazines of uh, bullets. And um, is this the first time we've seen the trunk full of goodies in this show? In this Oh, didn't he have a trunk full of goodies that the when the when they brought in the new car or the new SUV in season one? Yeah, not I think it's like the first this. time this season we've seen. It's not like this. It's this. This is more like the like the wine opener gift set you get for Christmas when like you've been good for a year and your your mom decides to treat you and like everything's in like that like foam packing. Oh yeah, it's all five S. Instead of like the like the nice like lever action wine opener, it's a Mac Ten and several several magazines of bullets. <laughs> I just it's love like how that. he drives around with that shit because he's always ready for shit to go down. Like it gets it gets way better in season three and four from what I remember. Like the the trunk action gets insane. He packs, I'm pretty sure there's an RPG at one point. <laughs> he packs his car as if he's like. Station. He's he's stationed as a secret agent in like Mogadishu or something. And this is this is a loner vehicle that a security guard gave to him. And it's this is like in L.A. Like his job is to like he didn't even have a job actually. What was he doing with his arsenal? No man, all, all molded cases. There was the no back. reason like, for him to think that people would co- be coming after him like this. I mean, Jack knew the security guard was like. <laughs> Oh, my man needs to be strapped. I'm going to give him the good, the good SUV. <laughs> um, so he gets out of the car. He tells Kate to just wait there. And then he makes his way into a dark alley. And he turns a corner and he sees a large neon scene that just says garage. Wait, for some I reason. love I love Kate in this scene because Jack is literally like loading up weapons. He's suiting up, man. He's getting ready to go for shit to go down. And she's like, well, what do you want me to do? Well, fuck, what do you mean what I want you? I'm literally arming up for a fucking yeah, war know, here. Kate, get fucking yeah. strapped. <laughs> either either get strapped or stay your ass here. Standing there and asking me what to do pretty much ensures that you don't know what the fuck to do. Actually, just don't get strapped, you dumb idiot. <laughs> just stay here. Don't, don't die. Yeah. Um, Can you do that? Can you not die? Just don't die. So Jack sees a neon sign that just says garage for some reason illuminating the rest of the alleyway and he enters a room in a building just kind of filled with detritus and there's a man there um with his hands raised and he lets he voluntarily lets jack check him for weapons and uh he says oh you got a metal detector there you're gonna find a piece of shrapnel in my uh in my rib cage and jack says who are you and he says 
I'm Jonathan Wallace, Captain, 7th, 7th Light Armored Reconnaissance Battalion, 3rd Marine Division, Special Ops Detachment, Delta, Fort Benning, which, to the best of my knowledge and research, none of that exists other than the 3rd Marine Division. <laughs> well, of course you wouldn't know about it. Yeah, come on, man. Special um, Ops. It's Delta. Yeah, first of all, the 7th Light Armored Reconnaissance Battalion does not exist, certainly not within the 3rd Marine Division. Um, Delta is out of Fort Bragg, not out of, out of Fort Benning. This is a different um, Delta, though. It's the other it's, Delta. Oh, it's the, the good Delta, yeah. the one they don't tell you about. <laughs> Special Delta. Yeah, none of this is... I mean, someone in the military, feel free to email us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com and tell us the truth, but um, especially our man on the inside mm. in the Pentagon, you know who you are. You're a listener. You know. You know. Um, tell us. But again... Um, None of that is right. <laughs> and None of those things are. <laughs> except for 3rd Marine Division. That one's real. That's Nailed a good it. one. You got it, writers of 24. Um, so Jack tells him to raise his, raise his right forearm above his head, and he sees his coral snake tattoo. And Jack says, why don't you kill your team and stop them from tracking this bomb? And what does Wallace say? He was re- responsible for two things. So I was responsible for ensuring the bomb went off in L.A. and uh, planning the Cypress recording to implicate Syed Ali as the mastermind of this thing to start a war with the Middle East. And um, Jack just kind of wants to know why. <laughs> and he says, well, my employers are oil holders in the Caspian Sea and uh, their shareholder value will quadruple in the next 10 years. For at least the next 10 years. There are so many easier ways, I feel like, to start a war in the Middle East than detonating a nuclear bomb on U.S. soil. There are also way easier ways to, like, manipulate the price of oil than starting (laughs) a nuclear war in L.A. (laughs) Because if you set off a nuclear bomb in L.A. and they think it's in the Middle East, they're just going to nuke all of the oil fields. Yeah, it's another thing. It's like the Caspian Sea oil fields are not that far from the Middle East. So, like, yeah, they might not be involved in, like, we probably wouldn't be nuking Russia and Kazakhstan, but, like, we might. (laughs) Well, but, like, we've already talked about how Mike is like, hey, if we do this, it might draw in Russia and China because they have allies in that area. Right. So, like... If we're at war with Russia, I can't imagine the Caspian Sea oil fields are going to be very profitable when they can't trade with the United States anymore. Right. And especially like the goal of this was to like nuking L.A., which, again, is one of the biggest ports in the world. Like that also would have just fucked up. Like that doesn't just raise oil prices. It also like (laughs) stops oil like from being used. Like if no one can buy oil from you. That doesn't really quadruple the price of oil. It just makes you fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're just fucked now. Congrats. <laughs> so what you're saying is that the terrorists didn't really think through their plan, or the 24 writers didn't, didn't expect anyone to, 16 years later, analyze it. At the extent that it's are. hard to wonder if it's a case of like the dog catching the car and not knowing what to do with it, or if it's just like the car, like she be like, "Oh, a dog will never catch me." But what if it did? And then also, oh shit, I'm not in a car anymore. <laughs> Fuck. That was a bad analogy on my part. I didn't really know how to do with it because again, I am drunk. 
but I don't have a writer's room behind me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what I got. Um, so Jack just says, well, why do you want Kate Warner? And why does he want Kate Warner? Because she can sign off on his transfer for a, a not, basically a non. He needs a DOD variance. Yeah. For his. Whatever. Essentially, he needs someone to attru- like approve his travel expenses yeah. on the corporate credit card, <laughs> <laughs> which he just needs a senior manager to sign off on. He his basically, travel. yeah, he basically needs like an <laughs> off the books kind of thing. And any apparently anyone in the Warner organization. What I don't understand is like there has to be somebody else who has this clearance. Like Bob Warner was just passing information for the CIA. There have to be other people who aren't in police custody that he could find the do And, like, honestly, <laughs> I don't understand why, like, Bob Warner, who is, like, a stringer for the CIA, just, like, just passing along information, would have any access whatsoever to be, like, <laughs> to, like, super double-secret probation travel clearance. Right, like, especially right after a fucking nuke went off. Right. It's like, you know, we're going to go ahead and, like, pause all of that. Yeah. We're just going to let this plane Nobody has like that shit it. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so as they're talking, we see Wallace's foot under the table kind of pressing against a uh, halfway unplugged uh, power outlet into a into a power strip. You know what I just and realized? So like since 24 started before 9-11, mm-hmm. the entirety of 24, like all nine seasons in the, you know, the... the the after seasons like they all exist in a alternate universe where 9-11 didn't happen yeah Mm -hmm. that's very weird unlike a lot of shows shows of this era they never mention right like it's all like it's kind of taken for granted in like the context of the show but like it doesn't happen here yep which is crazy it's a little nuts um so Wallace is kind of flicking his foot against a power outlet, and outside we see the neon garage sign flickering, and we see a figure watching it as we get a tiny clock at 1224, and holy crap, we're behind schedule. And um, (laughs) that figure approaches Kate Warner in the SUV, and he puts a gun to the window and tells her to get out, and then what happens? Yusuf to the rescue. Right in the back of the Mm -hmm. head. Yusuf Ayuda cronks him on the back of the skull and uh, we cut back inside and we see Wallace asking where Kate is and Jack says let me know about that evidence first and then he gets a call from Yusef and just kind of smiles and then he hands the phone over to Wallace (laughs) and says it's for you Mm -hmm. and Yusef tells him hey your dude my bro he's knocked out and um, Wallace says okay that's fine after asking for proof that's fine, but I need for Kate to come with me to arrange his departure because Bob's in custody. And um, he tells Jack, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. She's going to die once I get to where I need to go. <laughs> yeah, she and has to come with me, and I'm I'm going to murder her when I get there. going to need to go ahead. Yeah, he basically says, I'll give, the, I'll give the evidence to you once I get where I'm going, but she's dead. And Jack says... No thanks. And Wallace starts to pack up his bags and he starts to walk out the door. And just before he does, what does Jack say? Wait. And then he calls Yusef and says, Bring Kate in. And we cut to commercial at 1226. I feel like clearly Captain Wallace needs Kate more than 
Jack needs that evidence, right? Yeah. Yep. Because like if Jack doesn't get the evidence, I mean, Jack's not in immediate danger. But right. like and Captain Wallace is definitely in immediate danger if he doesn't get the fuck out. Yeah. He needs that cake immediately. Right. So I mean like Wallace is under threat of death because his employers have already tried to kill him. Yeah. Like that's happening. Jack might go to jail for punching Tony in the dick real hard. <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. Jail can't um, hold him. Yeah. And this will come up in a second. Like someone knows. Jack Jack knows something is up. So we come back to commercial. It's 1231. We we cut to CTU district headquarters in L.A. And uh, Mike and Lynn and David are there uh, setting up shop. And Mike tells Lynn that he wants to talk to Jack since Jack is the only reason that David is hesitating about this decision about declaring war. And basically he wants to talk to Jack so he can resolve his doubts about his like moral conviction about this war. And like this is one of the things like again like Mike we've seen this a couple times this season. He goes back and forth from episode to episode on like what sort of role he plays for the show's narrative. But at this point he knows that there is a literal military DOD conspiracy to take control of the presidency away from David Palmer. Mm -hmm. And now that someone has enacted something for that to happen, He's just like, yeah, we got to fucking nuke that shit. We got to blow these mofos up. Like, like he knows better. We don't have a choice. We have to do it immediately. We can't wait till the morning. Mm -hmm. Like, he knows the military is craving control over David's presidency, and all he wants to do is give them all the power they need to act. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Lynn gives gives Mike uh, the CTU phone number and Mike immediately calls Tony Almeida and uh, says, I need to talk to Jack, who then explains that in the last 30 minutes, Jack has abducted a witness and assaulted CTU personnel and says, also, Jack's not available <laughs> because of those things. Yeah, Tony is not shy about sharing with his superiors the fact that he's bad at his job. Mm -mm. <laughs> like normally like most people might be like well you know no he's just like no he kicked my ass uh he took our witness possibly with help from people inside my office underneath my command so that's where we're at also my ligament <laughs> my ligaments you don't even want to know what's up with those things i'm gonna need extensive government rehab yeah i'm gonna need i'm gonna need all that health care though um but <laughs> yeah how's your day going it's a tangle down there. <laughs> it's bad. And um, so kind of frustrated with that, Tony hangs up and then he calls Carrie and uh, Michelle watches uh, her go up to Tony's office. And we get a tiny clock at 1234. Please take a drink. And I want uh, Michelle Carrie to just, beat down Carrie so bad. It's going to happen. God, I want, mm -hmm. We're going to run through some shit here. So uh, we get a tiny clock at 1234. Please take a drink. Carrie says, I have no leads about Jack. Um, but log. Hey, by the way, we see the Cubs mug. Please take a drink for that because we love Cubby. Um, she kind of brings up Michelle and Tony says, do you have a problem working with her? And um, she's just like, no, Michelle was conspiratorial with Jack. That defo happened. And Tony says, OK, we'll keep tabs on her communication so I know when she con when Jack tries to contact her. And we get another 20 o'clock at 1236. Well, first, I would say first I was very confused as to why tony takes carrie's side instead of michelle's but then i thought maybe he's very smart and he understands his curse yeah and he's like he, lo he looks at michelle like, oh i don't 
I'm not attracted to Carrie, so I should definitely believe her. Yeah, because she's not he has the a terrorist fetish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's he just he doesn't know it. It's it's subconsciously, but he's, yeah, he looks down at Michelle like, oh god, yep. Yeah, she's probably terrorist yep. the whole mm-hmm. time. Damn it. Yeah, no, I I think Tony knows what he's dealing with for the most part. Like. He knows who he's who he's surrounded by. <laughs> um, so we get another ten o'clock. It's twelve thirty-six. We're for some fucking dumb reason back at the liquor store. Ramon's crying, crying, and he sees his wife put into a cop car to be escorted to Monterey, just a mere six-hour drive. And um, Kim asks if he's gonna let her go, and he's like, uh, "No, this is your fault. <laughs> Why'd you have to pull a gun on me and make me steal the gun from you and then shoot the liquor store owner and then let him die? And then the cops showed up, and now you're here with me, and the guy's dead. Cla- That's your fault. Classic mansplaining <laughs> and victim blaming. It really a uh, a. Uh, uh, a real trade show of mansplaining. <laughs> yeah. he, had, he had the whole expo hall to himself, and he put on a hundred different booths. He did and it. He really he knocked them all out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he only backs off when he, he so he, he kind of walks her down with a gun pointed at her, and she's like, "Drink for having the gun pointed at her." But gun more than three seconds. Please take a trick. Good point, Michael. Thank mm-hmm. you for the rules. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then Kim just says. My daddy was killed in the blast. My he daddy. daddy. He, yeah, she's a grown ass woman. You can't be using my daddy to other people. Couple, couple I issues. Think she's sixteen though. She says "daddy" out loud. One again, she is seventeen years old. But also, he's not. His immediate reaction isn't just. Did he set that fucker off? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> is that him? He did it. <laughs> Who the fuck is your dad? Yeah. Shithead. <laughs> <laughs> if Kim had been some shade of brown, that dude would have shot her in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Terrorist. He, I got one. I got him. So he pulls the gun down, and then uh, the deputy outside, Reigns, calls in and again tries to reason with Ramon. And, and Ramon just immediately says, Yeah, no, I've got the young lady here, and I'll fucking kill her if you guys come in. <laughs> She's the only thing keeping me alive. And what does she do immediately after he says that? She makes a run for the back door, the storage room. Uh, turns out which the, is padlocked. Yeah, turns out the, so she goes into the storage room and turns out the door leading out of the storage room into the, the alleyway is padlocked closed, um, which is bad because she doesn't have a key. She has none key. No, no, no bolt cutters. But again, no as we'll find out, the door that was padlocked and chained has enough room for a full-grown human being to wiggle out of. Uh, <laughs> a full-grown Kim, Kim. A full-grown Kim. Again, she's she's pretty slender. Mm-hmm. She's a Hollywood actress, but she makes it through. So she escapes, and Ramon is not happy about that because he tries to shoot at her multiple times and then sees a cop pointing a gun at him and ducks back into the liquor store. And uh, we get a tiny clock. It's 1239. Please take a drink. And... Um, Yusuf Ayuda, uh, we see him handcuffing uh, Wallace's accomplice that he brained with a pistol to a dumpster and slaps him awake to ask if there was anyone else there to uh, to help Wallace. And Yusuf is pretty great in this, this scene. As soon as the guy hesitates, Yusuf just says, uh, Kate, look away. <laughs> and what does he do? Points that gun right at his mm. noggin. Puts a pistol right to the man's eyeball. Yeah. And just says, hey, man, what you doing? Yeah. 
if you don't have any information for me, then you're really no use to me. Where, you, where your bros at? Yeah. You got bros? <laughs> no bros. And then he pistol whips him to unconsciousness and then just says, and he calls Jack and says, I'll be there in a few minutes. We're going to take a serpentine approach to the building. <laughs> Sweep approach. Sweep really. approach. I like serpentine better. It's more descriptive. So it's similar. Yeah. 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 Um, so he calls and Jack just says he t- he hangs up and tells uh, Wallace, Kate will be arriving in five minutes. And Wallace is a pretty good line. I'll say I it. don't remember. It's just, oh, and here we are without a deck of cards. <laughs> it's one of those stupid 24 lines. Just like five minutes is not long enough to play a card game at all. You can play all card game. Me. You can play. You can't, though, Michael. That's a long game, and you need multiple beers for it. <laughs> By the way, on the blog, we'll have rules for all fuck me. That That is a blog post I will do. <laughs> um, no one believes so, you anymore. You're the, you're the boy who bl- cried blog. The boy who cried blog post. <laughs> so as they're waiting without cards, what does Wallace tell Jack? He says that uh, basically... Uh, Colonel Samuels talked about Jack all the time and how he wanted to recruit him. Colonel uh, Samuels being the head of Coral Snake, the, yeah. the secret ops division. Yep. He says, yeah. he said you were a born killer. Is that true? It's like, do, do you want to find out? For real? Do you want? It's like, who asked that question with the intention of like earnest, earnestly yeah. finding out? <laughs> like, that dude just killed six of his like buddies and friends and people in his own his own uh what do you call them brigade <laughs> yeah unit, his own troop unit, unit. His, own, his own his own his own unit. f troop and killed them while they were facing him in a yeah. circle <laughs> yeah it's like if jack is a natural born killer he's gonna hunt you down and murder your face and that's something like he says this later in the episode he's like jack if there's anyone in the world I don't want you don't want following me, it's you. Like, please don't hurt. Like, he says it out loud. Like, obviously he's seen season one of twenty four. He knows what Jack's <laughs> capable of. Um, but Jack just kind of like looks straight ahead and kind of buries his. He just kind of drops his head and says nothing. And we cut to commercial at twelve thirty nine. We come back. It's twelve forty four, and um, we see Michelle working at a computer, and she gets a sudden error message on her terminal, and uh, obviously suspects that <laughs> Carrie is spying on her due to some sort of to this message. And she calls Carrie, and it's like, "Oh, hey, did you get this error message?" And Carrie says, oh, no. Nah. And uh, I'll call Ben to fix the problem. Michelle says, oh, don't worry. You don't have the clearance to do that. I'll go do it. And gets up from her desk. After Carrie says, no, everything's fine over here. It must be on your side of the router. Oh, God damn it. Your side of the router. Yeah. That's, again, one of the dumbest <laughs> sentences I think I've ever like, heard. Like, no. That's. No. That's, nope. What? Uh-uh. Huh? We should be on the same side of the router. That's yep. how routers work. <laughs> We're both on clients right now, friend, <laughs> not the actual server, so nah, fam. Anyway, that's nerd stuff. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, God. Um, so <laughs> what does Carrie do as soon as Michelle leaves to go check with Ben to get the C clearance <laughs> she, going on? She goes and, and hacks into her settings to basically start logging 
No, don't you dare use the word hack. Okay, she clicked I, on the settings button. No, there's two she things. She set up a virtual machine on her own. But what I don't no, understand is that she can st- remotely... No, 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 none of that happened. None of that happened. <laughs> she just checked all no. the boxes. Yes, exactly. All she did, <laughs> literally all she did. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> so what she does is she walks up to one... The guy next to Michelle and hands him a file and says, oh, go talk to Tompkins. Fuck yeah. you. And then she walks up to Michelle's computer, which, by the way, by the way, the second in command at CTU at this point left her computer terminal unlocked. And no one seems to care that this woman just like, unlocked. But, yeah. And then Carrie walked up and pressed three buttons <laughs> and then set all of the inf- I, I assume this is a Windows setting forward all information from this computer to another computer it was literally 18 keystrokes that's it and most of them by the way were on the the keypad like the directional keypad well what i up and down is she was able to remotely shut down her router access hacking but she couldn't like there's no way for ctu to remotely that was actually my first point was there has to be a better way for the sysadmin, which is how she's introduced in this, like in <laughs> to the third monitor three episodes communications. Ago. Yeah. To monitor or track anything. Yeah. It's like, you don't need to like go to that person's terminal and just be like, check their windows <laughs> settings. You'd be like, go ahead and send that to me too. It's fine. <laughs> my computer's running about half as fast as it used to be. Does anyone know why? It's like it's doing dope. But again, like Michelle, possibly on purpose, given I'm assuming her winky like phone call to Carrie. She didn't lock her fucking computer. I wrote down, I, I'm, I'm hoping Michelle's a better spy than this. Like, I hope she's got some shit set up before she walks away from her. Guys, no joke. My first day at my new my corporate job was... No joke, a 30-minute video was unlocking your computer before you leave your desk. Oh, yeah. They called it taking a privacy pause. (laughs) (laughs) Lock your dang computer. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I've told you guys about how if you didn't lock your computer at GE, um, the way to punish people was to go and find the worst images on Google Images and make it a desktop. That's how we punish people. Wow. That's... I'm going to assume a fireable offense in my new job. <laughs> uh, a actually, friend of mine put si- Teletubbies on mine. So mm. I put that picture of David Hasselhoff covered naked, covered in Sharpays on his. And I don't know how I didn't get fired. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into roommate squabbles because I think I've done that enough on mm. transitional places. But we get a tiny clock. It's 1246. Please take a drink. And uh, at District, we see Mike Novick informing David Palmer that Jack has fled CTU with a material witness, injured an agent, and may have suffered from an emotional breakdown <laughs> of some kind. And Jack's just like, uh, or sorry, David's just like, well, I'm sure he's just doing whatever it takes to get the job done. <laughs> and... um Whatever he's doing, I you know he's making sure we don't make a historic mistake by going to war with uh, false evidence. And he just says, "Mike, find Bauer. That's your job. Don't do anything else." And we cut back to Wallace's location, and Wallace is telling Jack how he's going to hand off the evidence. He says, "You're going to get me an airplane to an airport of my choosing, and when I land with Kate Warner, I'll tell you where the evidence is." 
you're just going to have to trust me. And this is where he tells Jack that, like, you're the last person in the world that I want tracking me down. Yeah, because Jack's like, what assurances do I have? Basically nothing. And he's like, don't worry, I'll give it to you because I know you will find me and chop off my head. Yeah, and or penis. Yeah. Maybe both. Um, Maybe I'll just switch them. That's when uh, Yusuf Ayuda and Kate Warner walk in and both Jack and Wallace point guns at them very quickly. And um, Kate kind of can't believe what's about to happen. And Jack just says, remember everything I said to you in the car, which was essentially, you got to buck up a little soldier. Well, basically, (laughs) he said, like, I'm going to do everything within my power to make sure that you don't get hurt. Right. Everything possible. And Kate just kind of can't believe it and says, you're giving me up, aren't you? Yes. And yeah. we got to commercial. And yeah, mm-hmm. he's definitely giving her up, right? Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this escort totally. mission's over. <laughs> There's no Tom Baker here. Kate, sorry. <laughs> so we come back. It is 12 uh, Anytime 54. Jack tries to not show any emotion, though, you know he's got something up his sleeve. Yeah, there's there's a lot going mm. on. So it's 12.54, we come back, we see Carrie listening to a phone call when uh, Michelle gets from someone named Danny, and he wants to know if it's safe in L.A. and starts ranting that he wants answers that Michelle has because it's for his own safety. Says, And they, they start arguing, he says, don't you care about the kids? And he's kind of just giving Michelle a hard time. See, that's why I thought he was like... He was like her ex-husband or something. They had kids together. I, I thought that. I thought that, too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I blew it. <laughs> Do you guys want to just talk like we don't know that? I could just, we can just cut out the other part? It, no, fam. It's too late. You've already yeah, you've def- already spilt the beans. Well, so knowing what you know that it's her brother. and that makes it worse. Yeah, well, it's, it's worse. <laughs> but let's see this. So he's giving Michelle a hard time about not telling me about the bomb. And he's like, well, I could call Carrie. But she's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah. He's like, maybe I should call Carrie. And I was like, man, that is cold as fuck if he like cheated on her or left her for Carrie. And then she's like, oh, I thought you guys weren't in communication anymore. And he's like, we're not. She's a bitch. <laughs> I was like, right. damn. Okay. So here's the thing. Now that you know what you know and shouldn't know. Uh-huh. So it makes a obviously, lot more sense. Our, Carrie is Carrie the mother of this dude's kids. Yeah. She's got to be. Yeah. Gotta be right. That's that's the Michelle angle, or yeah. threesome gone terrible wrong. <laughs> that's see, that's what I was assuming. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know whose kids they are. Could be either one, both mixed cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they hang up, and Carrie does something weird after the the, the phone call that she's been listening to ends. She deletes it. From the record archive thing. Just because someone calls her a bitch? I think she doesn't want Tony to know. But that like seems if there's they're working for the counterterrorists, I feel like everyone knows this would know this information. This seems like it should be public ish record. Right? Like also, yeah, I feel like you just can't delete a phone call you recorded. <laughs> Sorry, friendo. <laughs> I don't care how many sysadvents you are. Like, also, like we already know there's proof that like this database at the CTU, like, off division office gets like saved at district also, and like three other places. Like, no, you can't just delete it. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, but we get a tiny clock. It is 12.55 and 30 seconds. We are back at the convenience store, so please take a drink along with that liquor store. And um, Ramon is sitting inside the store, kind of sitting down against the shelf, begging and weeping that he doesn't want to be shot. But he still has his gun in his hand, and he says, I need more time. Um, but the cops are just like, uh, we don't got time for this shit. We just got to go. We're getting calls left and right about this nuclear business. We just need to go. And for some reason, Kim is standing right behind the second row of cops and says, maybe you should give them more time. And she just like the walks cops through ne- a guy's gun, too. <laughs> right. He's like got a gun pointed out. She just walks, and just like pushes it out of the way. You're like, yeah, what? Kim. <laughs> and then um, they for some reason neglect her advice and just rush into the liquor store and we hear a ton of gunshots and uh, then we hear them calling for medical responders and Kim looks very worried for her own safety and uh, we get another tiny clock. It's 1257. Please take a drink. And we see Mike and Lynn having another teleconference with president or vice president James Prescott as a proxy for David Palmer, who's being briefed by Ryan Chappelle, the division leader. And uh, Mike asks how it went with the ambassador. And Prescott says, well, they're they're pretty bummed out about being out of the loop. Yeah, they know we're going to do something. They're kind of mad you haven't told us what yet. Which, like, they're not bombing the Middle East. What the fuck do you care, dickheads? <laughs> I mean, I get Special it. relationship, bruh. Yeah, I mean, I get they should know. But, like... <laughs> Mike kind of explains, like, well, if the evidence shows that the Cyprus recording is falsified, which it may be, the president wants the option of calling those planes back, which they have that option. Like, Yeah, you can just do it. It's a plane. It's a stealth bomber. You can just call it back. Even if you tell the British ambassador (laughs) that we're about to bomb some shit, you can still tell him, like, hey, we're not going to bomb some shit. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, We decided not to bomb shit. Be grateful. Yeah, it's just like, up until the minute the bombs are out, which at this point is three and a half hours, you can call those bombs just, like they're not yeah, just, they're not in the air. Like just tell them time. not to drop the bombs. <laughs> yeah, everyone like I hate this like this whole running thread in the show is like, well, this is just a bomb that is completely out of our control. Sorry, we can't do anything about it. It's like there's so many things to do about not Sorry, starting the, this war. The stealth bomber pilots. They put on that autopilot and then they took a nap. So we, there's no way to reach them. They're actually just dead in there. And <laughs> the, the, the plane is programmed to do what it does. And, uh-huh. and it drops bombs. Really just, so. It's kind of morbid how we just put them in there for takeoff. But <laughs> fuck. I mean, I don't know. You got to have a man in there. <laughs> um, so they hang up and Mike just says, or so the, the, the president or the vice president says you know what it sounds like to me mike an excuse to call this thing off yes yeah Yeah, not go to war that sounds like a good thing yeah yeah which again let's 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 hold off on that bad boy so he's like do you believe the president is capable of doing the hard thing mike the right thing and mike says yeah he's he gets it he's just making sure every base is covered and he'll he'll contact you as soon as anything develops and they hang up and Lynn asks Mike if the VP is correct. And Mike is on his side still, but kind of. Honestly, he he looks like he's wavering. Yeah, but Lynn definitely doesn't yeah. think. 
that he he could do the the hard thing, which seems <laughs> odd to me. I mean, I guess a lot of uh, probably like a lot of what happened in season one is probably like classified like the Victor Drazen shit. But like, dude, clearly, like he clearly is capable of executing military strikes that he shouldn't have done mm-hmm. like he did in season or before season one. Like, and maybe that's what is maybe informing his decision now. Like he doesn't want to rush into shit and like get it wrong. Yep. But like David has a record of like reckless abandon like he'll do the thing yeah like he'll do the he literally thing. imprisoned a journalist today yeah, right yeah. that happened today <laughs> <laughs> he tortured his nsa chief like he's Just already a few done hours a ago. lot of shit <laughs> yeah like it, everyone has such selective memory and such selective like character on this show it's kind of bananas i kind of hate it um but mike just kind of rubs his eyes and says i don't have to do next and we get a tiny clock at 12 58 and 36 seconds and uh, we cut to the alleyway where Wallace tells Kate to get in the trunk of a car and Jack she says, looks so Kate sad. Just, she looks so she look a lost puppy. And Jack just says, it's for your safety. Just get in there. And she gets in there and Wallace shuts the trunk door and Jack kind of just stares stone faced as Wallace says some sort of parting goodbye. And then in a split screen, we see uh, Jack and Yusef kind of watching we see Carrie busy trying to find evidence that Michelle is helping Jack. We see David Palmer and his staff working on responding to the bomb. And then Ramon is wheeled out of the store on a gurney. And then we cut back to the alleyway. And we hear Yousef say, the tracker's in place on Wallace's car. And just before Wallace gets into the driver's seat. Did he seat, say it was on his car, in his car? Yeah. He didn't. He said the tracker's, tracker's in, in place. place. Right. Yeah. I Tra- assume... Tracker's- because the car would be a stupid place to put it. I assume he's he's stuck it all up in Kim or Kate somewhere. Kate would be yeah, smarter. That, yeah. yeah, it's probably on Kate. Yeah. Um. So what happens right after that? Shots ring out. <laughs> Are you the Birdman? <laughs> what happened to that boy? <laughs> Silenced machine gun fire rings out from the rooftop at the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and both Jack, Yousef, and Wallace begin to return fire. And then we cut to black at 12.59.59 seconds. A little bit of a mm-hmm. cliffhanger kind of situation there, you know? we Just just when we started to get to the good stuff, they're like, nah, fam, you got to wait till next week. It's always yep. the way. But I'm excited for the beginning of next week. Next week should be very fun. Because we get I to feel pop like the, off with a gunfight, like, immediately. I do think the, the last six hours of this show are going to be some buckwild bananas bullshit <laughs> that I am going to fucking love. <laughs> That's just me speaking. Yep. Yep. How about um, you, Curtis? You excited for the... We're coming up coming up in the, uh, the end game yeah, here the end almost. Game. It's, yeah. getting, it's getting there. We're getting there. We're getting to these last six. So, yeah. Um... I'm hoping. I mean, I, I got excited more towards the end of the episode. The, the whole episode itself was kind of more monotonous beat. But, you know, we're, we're getting up there. Yeah, this was, a, like I said at the beginning, I almost forgot all this episode before we started. <laughs> and I watched it today. Um, they're just setting up a lot of shit, basically. They're they're putting the, the pieces in, in position. I have one big question for you, Curtis. Mm-hmm. What do you think the vice president's game is right now? What What's going to happen with this bad boy? He's going to do everything he can to try to c- 
convince folks that David is unable to perform his duties. Okay. Um, that, so that he can take over, prove he has balls, and maybe set himself up as, I don't know, either a primary challenger or completely get David removed from office. Yeah, it's, it's a hell of an end game. It's a, it's a strong yeah. end game. Do you, do you think he's in on the plot? I don't think he's... Uh, or just taking advantage of something that he's he, like... I, I, I feel like he may have known about the plot, but if the plot is really in, by in command of Caspian oil traders, I, I don't fucking... Yeah, there's no way they could be involved in American politics. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. But it's, did the VP did, I, did the VP come up with this plot, or did he? Ha- or did you know another cabal introduce him to it and say, you utilize it and go to war? So... Um, but he's up in there. He's deep up in there. Yeah. Dick deep, if you will. Um I mean, so, balls deep. Like dick deep. That that that's that could be any tip. part, really. Any, yeah. any well, measure. As long, as long as there's dick in it, then that's He's, he could just be playing <laughs> just the tip. Just toying it out, seeing what's up, <laughs> testing it, see how it feels. Um so Kim is now back in police custody, <laughs> wanted for murder. How do you think that's going to play do out? They, but they don't know that's Kim yet, right? <laughs> they don't know yet. And I, no. I would have to assume they also have bigger fish to fry. I bet she's she going to like that. wander away when of they're not looking. She is. So bye, I guess. <laughs> I'm so just going to cool. walk back into the... W- I got a cougar phone number. I'm going to call her. She'll probably give me a ride. Love that gal. See y'all later. Thank you. <laughs> also, she still thinks her dad's dead. Oh, yeah. That's a real, real beef and a half. Yeah. Bummer. How do you think she's going to find out? She's going to call Tony for help, and Tony's going to be like, oh, by the way, no, because your dad's <laughs> yeah. dad now. He's he's a bad guy. He's alive, I, I but hope, he's I gone rogue, and he he broke my ankle. <laughs> I wish it could be on like, <laughs> on painkiller, Tony. <laughs> he, Just morphine, Tony. Daddy ran away. <laughs> your dad, what? <laughs> your daddy hurt my ankle. Like, he grabbed your ankle. And, well, no, he punched me. He punched you in the ankle? Well, no, he punched me. He punched me so in the hard. head, but it was so hard that it broke my ankle. And then she's he just Thanos laughing. Thanos punched me so <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> Stop laughing. He got, got glass showed. He got hit in the face and just turned around. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a thing. It's like if someone punched you so hard, it tore a ligament in your leg. Like one, you would definitely be on painkillers. And like if you were on that level of painkiller because you ripped in your acl probably not fit for duty like you're gonna go have to go home for the day whatever the previous guy was basically dying and his limbs were falling off and they let him stay for a while but no one knew about that <laughs> this is on the public record because someone saw him get punched so hard in the face <laughs> <laughs> well curtis any big thoughts for episode 18 what do you what do you, you think is happening next next episode uh, I like that Tony now don't trust nobody. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice, and I think that's going to continue. Um, we're going to find out uh, maybe a little more from old Wallace here. He's going to, and maybe, maybe he'll start giving us some dirt on the Colonel. I want the Colonel. On the, on the Colonel Sanders. Um, so I'm hoping we hear some <laughs> more about that. Uh, everything else I don't care about. Yeah, I can give a shit. Uh, Kim can go die in the cougar factory. Uh, it's just <laughs> a factory. It's a factory pumping out cougars. I was going to say, is it a factory where cougars work or? Either that's one. Better. That's actually better. <laughs> that actually uh, is better. Wearing little <laughs> aprons and goggles and like headgear. It's cool. They're adorable. Michael, how are you feeling? What you got? 
Uh, I'm feeling good because I, so there weren't, there wasn't a whole lot I remembered about this season as far as like the, the main or like the, the nuances of the story. I kind of remember the plot points, but there are a bunch of things that I remember about the season that have not happened yet, which means they mm-hmm. have to be squeezed into the next six hours, which makes me very excited. I'll be honest. The only thing I remember of the rest of this season is the LA Coliseum. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's enough. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm. And when it happens, they Curtis, go to a real. They go to the Rose Bowl. It's crazy. Can we do that episode live again? Yeah, we, we should do the last episode live again. I like that. Yeah, because it's a fun. It one. took me forever to edit, but it was fucking great. <laughs> okay, let's do it and see how it works. Um, all right, well, gentlemen, um, I think that's going to do it for us this week on uh, Longest Days of Life. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, everyone, if you like this uh, episode, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. I might put up a blog post, but I forget what I said would it be about because um, I've been drinking. So there's that. Um, but you can also find out more information on our sister show, Trends in Low Places, which uh, Michael and I and our occasionally our good buddy Curtis join us. We talk about stupid internet trends and uh, stories from our lives and really just dunk on funny things. Um, so if you like this show, you'll almost certainly like that. It's basically just us bullshitting and having a good time. Uh, so you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. And uh, if you want to drop us a line and share a fan theory or test Curtis's knowledge of 24 or... I don't know, just yell at us for being stupid. Uh, you can shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We read every single message we get. We love to hear from our fans. And uh, yeah, that's it. Curtis, how else can people help us out? Yeah, guys, if you want to help us out, go ahead and uh, search for our podcast, Trends in Low Places, uh, and Long as Well Lives, of course, uh, in your podcast app of choice, whether that be iTunes, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Slacker. However it is, I'm sorry, Stitcher, not Slacker. Anyway, uh, however it is you get your podcasts, go ahead and subscribe. And when you do that, please go ahead and like and comment on that. That is how we move up the charts and become a podcast juggernaut. Uh, anyway, Michael, how can the folks help us on the old social media? Yeah, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at LDuelCast, L-D-O-O-L-Cast, or by searching for the Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, and... Smash that subscribe button or Smash. or follow or uh, friend or whatever you want to do. Uh, please give us a like and a retweet. Um, you know, let us know or let your friends know uh, that they might like the show or, or trends in low places. And um, we did get one question from a, uh, a listener about our release schedule for this good, good show. And... Uh, I would just like to assure everyone that we have no idea what that is. It is yeah, based on s- uh, life. It's supposed to be once a week, but that's the target question you know. mark. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be once a week. We had some issues, obviously, early in season two. We're trying to get there. This is a tough one just because of all of our schedules and the fact that it collectively, I think between the three of us takes 20 hours to create this show. Which is poop. <laughs> so sometimes, Mostly sometimes it's computer late. Computer sucks, but my computer sucks. Also, editing all three of us idiots together, yeah, takes a while. It does. So um, yeah, we we try to get out every week, and we'll be better at that. But uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but also, we appreciate your. We appreciate the fact that you've listened uh, 
to all of these, and we appreciate all of you guys listening to it. And we also hello to Sweden. Yes, hello. Hello. yeah. Thank you. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, Is that it? That's it. <laughs> all right. Well, Gavel guys, it's been... I don't know. No. no. That's <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? What Maniac? don't they eat some weird fish in Sweden? Not gefilte no, fish. No, no, that's the Jewish f- fish. What the f- What's the other one? Yeah, I'm not even gonna try because I don't want to be. Swedish I don't want to look. Ig- I don't want to look ignorant. <laughs> Idiot. Well, gentlemen, it's been lovely talking with you. Wait, I got it wrong. <laughs> well, gents, we're running out of time. Toodles.